My mother and father did not attend any church. We had no Bible in the house. They never mentioned church. They didn't speak against it, except my dad said that it was harder to work with the people who went to church than it was the other people in his business. He was a mechanic and owned his own business. But he still didn't speak against God or church. I just never heard anything said about church or God. My mother's eldest sister was my favorite aunt. We connected very strongly with each other, though everybody else in the family was afraid of her because she had spiritual truths, and they were afraid she would see them do something wrong and might correct them. So they would always say, what will artists say about this? She attended Church of Christ, so when we went to visit her, even when I was a young child, I would go with her to church at the time that we visited. And that was my exposure to church. When I was five years old, my cousins gave me, for my birthday, a little white Bible. And I would get in bed as a five-year-old child. I could already read before I went to school. As a five-year-old child, I would get in bed and take a flashlight and read that Bible. It was a King James Version Bible. It's fairly amazing that I would read that, but I did. I would get under the cover, take a flashlight, and read that little Bible. That was our first exposure to Bible. When I was 15 years old, I went forward at a Church of Christ church and was baptized in water. My life continued pretty much the same as it always continued. I just pursued my own interests and tried to get what I wanted. I can't ever remember thinking about God after I went forward and was baptized at that Church of Christ. Sometimes I went to church, sometimes I didn't go to church. Mostly, I didn't go to church. When I was 37 years old, everything changed. God spoke to me one night by his spirit and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I was so shocked. It was like a bolt of lightning hit me. That I wasn't just making mistakes. Those were sins that I was committing. At that instant, I was born again. I knew almost nothing about Bible or God. I remember one time I asked somebody, well, is there a book of John and is there a first John? Are these separate things? And they said, yes. I knew nothing about Bible. And I certainly didn't know anything about a Holy Spirit. I don't suppose I even knew there was such a thing. But at the time I was born again, I was definitely given 
the Holy Spirit. That was 1975 when I was 37. After that, in the night, while I was asleep, I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images. It was strictly a spiritual experience. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. I was made one with the Word of God. It was just wonderful. I was totally on fire after that for things of God. I wanted to be around Christians. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to read the Bible. Whereas before, I really didn't even think about God. I joined a church in the way they said to join it. But I didn't have the Spirit of God showing me my sins. There are so many people today who will say they are Christians because they did just what I did. They did what their church told them to do, and they went forward and were baptized, or they were sprinkled with water as a baby, or whatever their family did affected them as far as church going. They usually go to the church that their family goes to. Most churches do not speak very much about the Holy Spirit. And yet, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, Wait in Jerusalem until the gift promised you is given. That was to be the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, most people will think Holy Spirit has to do with speaking in tongues, and in part it does. But really, here's what the Holy Spirit does. John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus explained what the Holy Spirit would do for the disciples after the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. He will remind us of all scripture. Sometimes we will be just about to do something and we will be reminded of a scripture which stops us from doing that which we were going to do and causes us to go another direction. It's like you're driving down a highway and a signpost is there to show you a turn in the road. That's what the scripture does for us. It shows us the way of God at a specific point in time to make a change and go that direction. 
And it's the Holy Spirit who is doing this work of God. Basically, the Holy Spirit is Jesus living in us. It is the Spirit of Jesus. So John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He will just send to your mind a concept or a scripture, and you learn to go that direction. John chapter 16, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will bring one scripture, and you do that, and then there'll be another scripture, and then there's another scripture. And by the time you receive these different scriptures and do them, he has guided you into all truth. And Jesus says, For he shall not speak of himself, of his own thinking. He searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God. But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Four things the Holy Spirit does for us. Teaches us all things, reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come. Let me give you this example of the working of the Holy Spirit. This happened when I was a brand new Christian. I owned a business in Dallas, Texas, American Indian Arts Business. Before I would go out to buy merchandise, I prayed for God to have the Indians make the items that I needed. When I got to the reservations, I would pray for God to show me which items to purchase. And when I came home to Dallas, where my business was and where I lived, I would pray for God to send the angels out to get the customers to come in to buy the merchandise. After I was born again, that is the way I operated with my business. God led me very strongly according to interest. When I would see merchandise, there were certain items that got my attention, that were just strongly brought to my attention. That was the Holy Spirit guiding me, leading me. And those are the items that I would purchase. Before I was born again, I had allowed a woman to loan me $6,000 to buy merchandise. I didn't pay her interest on the loan, but I had the agreement with her that because of that loan, she could purchase any item of jewelry at my cost. And when I was able, I would repay her the money on the loan. 
One day I was reading a scripture after I was born again. And what I had learned to do is do the scriptures. I was always looking for what I should do by reading the Bible. So I was reading the Bible one day in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I came across the following scripture, which I'm sure I'd never seen before that time. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, I was unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Before I was born again, I had taken that money as a loan from that woman, and I had no indication at all that she was a Christian. I wanted to become unyoked from her and repay that loan and get completely free when I saw that scripture. If you see a scripture and you want to do that scripture, God will help you do it if you want to do it. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Now please don't think that means for you to leave an unbelieving mate, because that's not what he's saying here. You have to compare scripture with scripture to understand it. 1 Corinthians 7 tells us, if the unbeliever is happy to dwell with the believer as the believer dwells as a Christian, let him not put her away. Let her not leave him. 1 Corinthians 7. So this is something else. And you have to remember, I was reading the Bible. This is a word from God for me. For it stood out to me and was instruction to get free from that loan. God leads us. See, it's a living God. It, this isn't a dead religion where you go in ritual and bow down to a cross. This is information for you to live your life on this earth, being led by God, by the Spirit of God, which will free you from bondages, which will be a more abundant life than you could ever plan for yourself. And that is done through the Holy Spirit. So step one is I was reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit got my attention by this scripture to that loan. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, 
and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now from the minute I was born again, everything changed. There's a scripture that says it will change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And they certainly were that way for me. The minute I believed what God said to me in 1975, I was born again. I was given his spirit. I was a new creature. I no longer wanted to do the things I had done before I was born again. Now I wanted to go to church. I wanted to be with Christians. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to know things of God. It was totally different than it had been before. So I read this scripture, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And God reminded me of that loan. Holy Spirit reminds you of things. And I wanted to be free from that debt. It was $6,000. I probably had 1500 at that time. I had no way to be free from that debt. But I had a desire to repay the debt. It starts with the Word of God and a desire to do the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit guides you. Shortly after I saw this scripture, I was going to New Mexico on a buying trip. I went to a place where there was jewelry, which was mainly our merchandise that we bought for the shop. But I saw a rug, a Navajo rug, and it caught my attention. Now, we didn't sell Navajo rugs. We could sell it in the shop, but we didn't do it, and I knew nothing about them. But I couldn't walk away from that rug. Two of my workers were with me on that buying trip, I believe, and I kept saying to them, look at this, look at this, but we don't sell rugs, but look at it. And I just couldn't walk away from it. God had my attention drawn to that rug. It was $500, so I purchased it. Went into Albuquerque, found a woman who was one of the best appraisers of Navajo rugs living at that time. And Edna said to me, well, Joan, most of these old rugs are totally worthless. But you've really lucked out on this one. This rug will be very valuable. It will go up in price. So when you get back to your business, price it at a price where it will not sell. Because this is an item you're not going to want to get rid of. So I got back to Dallas. I paid $500 for the rug. She appraised it at $1,500. I got back to Dallas. It was lying over in the corner. A man came to buy jewelry, but he saw that rug lying there, and he said, what is that? And I said, oh, I just brought that back from New Mexico. That is a Navajo rug. It's an old rug. 
And he said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd want that. He said, well, let me see it. So I pulled it out from the wall and rolled it out on the floor. It was bright red. And he walked around the rug and he looked at it and he said, how much? I said, $5,000. He didn't bat an eye. He took his checkbook out and started writing out a check. I was horrified. I always protected my customers. I didn't allow them to overpay for an item. And I said, oh, wait wait a minute now. Why don't you just take it home and look at it and later decide if you want to buy it? He just kept writing his check, said, no, I want it. There just wasn't any way I could get out of this situation. He was going to buy that rug for $5,000. And I said to him, well, here's what I'll do. I won't cash your check for at least a week. If you decide for any reason that you don't want this rug, you bring it back to me in a week, and I will hand you your check back to you. I never saw the man again. I posited the money in my bank account. I put $1,000 with the 5000 and paid off the debt in full to the woman and was totally unyoked from unbelievers. God leads us to do things sometimes that we wouldn't ordinarily do. We made money from jewelry, not from rugs. I didn't even sell rugs. Except I couldn't walk away from that rug. This is one of the times God has led me by the Holy Spirit. Another example of being led by the Holy Spirit happened in the year 2020. I was considering putting new upholstery on the front seat of my 25-year-old car. And I heard these words from the Holy Spirit. They came into my mind, and this is the tone of voice which the Holy Spirit used in speaking these words. Or you could just buy a new car. It was like a bolt of lightning hit me. I'd never considered buying a new car. But I thought, well, that's right, I could buy a new car. I had just sold my house in Texas. The money for the sale of the house was all in the bank, just sitting there. It would be very easy to buy the car and pay cash for it. See, Jesus says he comes that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And I have found that very often God gives me more than I would even consider buying. He encourages me to have a better life. John 10.10 The thief cometh to steal, kill, and to destroy us. The thief, the devil, with fear, will try to destroy us. Jesus says, But I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, 
the Holy Spirit will never force us to do anything. He leads us. He doesn't force us. He just gives us information. We can make a change to a better way of life. He will not lead us to violate Scripture, to do something wrong. He leads us in the way of God because he searches the heart of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that for a moment. Start at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man, which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. I kept these scriptures in front of me day and night about the Holy Spirit because I could see that I could know the way of God by paying attention to what was brought to my mind by the Spirit of God. I have written out these concepts for you. And the writing is attached to this podcast. So pay very close attention to what I have written and pray for God to show you truth. And look at these scriptures, what they actually say about what the Holy Spirit will do for you. There's quite a lot to it. It didn't come to me all at once. It was just incident by incident that I would hear from God by his Spirit. One time he literally saved my life by bringing me some information. It was December 2018. I lived at my house in Texas. I lived alone. And in the night, I fell in the hallway and broke a hip. I very badly broke my left hand. It was completely turned backward. As I tried to get to the telephone by crawling on the floor, the pain was so bad that I just couldn't get there. If I didn't get there, there wasn't anyone due at my house for the next week. I knew I would die if I couldn't get to a phone, which was about six feet away from me in my bedroom. I had fallen on tile floor, which broke my hip. I was lying there thinking about it, but when I would try to even move an inch, 
The pain was so bad. I thought, I just can't do this. But if I don't do it, I'm going to die. And I heard from God by the Holy Spirit the following words. You can do this. And because of that word, I began to force myself to crawl, inch by inch. It took four and a half hours, but I did get to the place where I could contact someone to send an ambulance. I don't think I could have gotten there without hearing from God. You can do this. As the ambulance workers rolled me on a gurney past the front door of my house in Texas, I heard again from the Spirit of God, and this is what I heard. You'll never see this house again. That didn't trouble me at all. I knew God had another way for me to go. I had already been shown I wasn't going to be able to continue at my age to live alone as I had done in the past. I was 81 when this happened. So I knew I was going to be somewhere else and God had another plan. And I heard from the Holy Spirit, you'll never see this house again. That gave me confidence to put the house up for sale, even while I was at the hospital. I was two and a half months in a rehabilitation facility after surgery. It's the Holy Spirit who shows us what to do. While I was in the hospital, a nurse came the day before surgery and said, we have to have you sign these papers before surgery. We have to know who will be responsible for you if you can't answer for yourself. And one of our church members was standing there, and I said, Pam Paget will be in charge of me. And this church member was shocked. She said, well, how can Pam be in charge of you? She lives 450 miles away. She lived in Colorado, and I lived in Texas. I said, well, I don't know how she can do it, but she is the one in charge of me. See, God had shown me that. He just put it in my heart. I so strongly knew it that in spite of the circumstances, that was the situation. Pam was in charge. And Pam flew down to Texas four times while I was in the hospital and helped me and did things and arranged for my furniture that I was going to keep. She arranged for it to be moved to storage. She worked with my contractor. She picked up my cat and took my cat and my old car to Colorado. And then when it was time for me to be released from the hospital, she flew down to Lubbock, Texas, and got a rental car, got me out of the hospital, took me to the airplane, helped me get on the plane, and get back to where she lived in Colorado because it was decided by that time I was going to live at her house, and she would help me. All of this was set up by God, by the Holy Spirit. 
God puts things in our heart and just kind of puts them in our mind. All of this that I'm speaking to you are things that we are told in the Bible. But many people who are real Christians do not know these things and they don't live by them. And they don't live by the Holy Spirit who is trying to lead them and guide them. But we should, for it will lead us in a path of safety, a more abundant life. And here's how you start. If you are really born again, a real Christian, read the Bible and the scripture that stands out to you, pay special attention to it and do it. Do it with all your heart and all your might. And the next scripture that stands out to you as you're reading the Bible, do that scripture. These are like highway signs showing us the way to go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. He is the word. Follow the word. Again, I encourage you to read the material that I wrote that's attached to this podcast, for there's a great deal more that I have shared. And start doing the Word of God in your own life. It's not just hearing the Word or reading the Word. It's doing the Word. Doing what you see when you read the Bible because the Holy Spirit guides us to the scriptures that we need to do. And one scripture after another will be given to us, and we get to the place where God wants us on this present earth by doing the scriptures. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.